This is the Jason Jones Show, powered by Mudhouse Media. Now, here's Jason Jones. Aloha, everybody, and welcome to the Jason Jones Show. I am your host, Jason Jones. December 22nd, 1949, a day that will live in infamy. What are you talking about, Jason? What I'm talking about is the day the CCP invaded East Turkestan. Then several months later, they would invade Tibet in May of 1950. And they began a campaign of ethnic cleansing that has escalated in recent years to the point where it is the greatest genocide of the 21st century. Three million Uyghurs in concentration camps, organ harvesting, forced labor. But you know what? We're not going to be talking about the crimes of the CCP against the Uyghur today because they're waging a brutal war of ethnic cleansing. By the way, the CCP ran the same brutal war of ethnic cleansing against the Chinese, right? Of course, the Cultural Revolution, the Great Famines, brutal. The CCP is really the rickshaw man for the neoliberal elite. And by the way, I know you listen in Beijing. I pity you because you are a rickshaw man for the rickshaw man. You are rickshaw men for the neoliberal elite, homogenizing your own culture, and then you've metastasized and are brutalizing the people of East Turkestan, Tibet, okay? But today we're not talking about the crimes. Today we have Prime Minister Hudaya back on the show. If you're a regular listener, you know more about the Uyghur than people who watch Fox News all day, every day, CNN all day, every day. Because the show is sponsored by the Vulnerable People Project, the show exists, actually, not because I'm entertaining. No, I try to be entertaining. So you'll listen when we talk about uh, the vulnerable, when we advance the interests of the vulnerable. Today, we are going to celebrate the Uyghur with Prime Minister Hedaya. We're going to talk about the greatness of their culture. We don't do it justice. He has a very busy day um, being the anniversary of the invasion and occupation. He's got media all day, but we wanted to fit him in. To celebrate the Uyghur, that's what we are doing today. And today's episode is being brought to you by the Vulnerable People Project, advancing the interests of the vulnerable from the child in the womb in your neighborhood to the Uyghur and Chinese-occupied East Turkestan, for the Christians in Iraq, to the Nuba suffering abuse from Khartoum. The Vulnerable People Project punches way above its weight. And if you are a regular listener to this show, I want you to knit your life together with the folks we serve. And you can do that best by becoming a a donor, a monthly donor. Any gift, $5 a month. If you give $5 a month, you you, you will know that every month you have knit your life together in solidarity with the most vulnerable people in the world. And we don't play games at the Vulnerable People Project. We work to advance the interests of the vulnerable with a passionate intensity. We punch way above our weight. 
when you join yourself to us, we're punching way above our weight together. Go to thegreatcampaign.org and become a monthly donor. $20 or more, you get a free copy of my book. The show is also being sponsored by the best, not the best pillow in the world, not just the best pillow in the world, but I mean one of the coolest things you could own in the world. I am so grateful that the most expensive thing I want on this planet is a $300 pair of boxing gloves, which I won't buy because I want something out there that I can't own. I love books. $20 for a great book. Complete works of Shakespeare, $29.95. For less than $30 right now with the Jones discount, you can get my pillow. That means for $50, you can get your loved ones the complete works of Shakespeare, paperback edition, and my pillow. That is greatness times two. That's what you need, a good night's sleep. And then Shakespeare's sonnets. You're laying on my pillow and you're reading to your wife one of Shakespeare's sonnets. That is what life is about. What is my pillow? What's so great about my pillow? It won't go flat. You can wash and dry them as many times as you want, and they maintain their shape. They are made in the USA. They are made in the USA. Mike Lindell is a pillar of his community. He was a strong man in a bad place, thanks to some friends around him. Some of them, good guys in bad places themselves, but they, they, came, they, they worked together. Now they have this, this amazing product that they make in their own community. That's something that's not just made in the USA, made in Mike Lindell's community. So if you don't have a MyPillow, or if you allow someone you love to go to sleep with, without having a MyPillow, and you have a MyPillow, for shame. You have it so you know. Mike is making these pillows available for the lowest price ever. You can get a queen size premium my pillow regularly $70 for $29.98. That's a $40 savings. Kings are only $5 more. So now is the time. Go to mypillow.com, click on the radio listener square. There you will find not only this amazing offer but also deep discounts on other products, including the Giza Dream bed sheets, which my seven-year-old steals for me, and pillows, which my son and my daughter-in-law took for me. But I still got my mattress topper, and you can get your mattress topper too. Go to MyPillow.com, use the code JONES. Now, on for the interview with Prime Minister Hidayah, of Chinese, in, a prime minister in exile of Chinese-occupied East Turkestan, where we celebrate the beautiful people. I felt privileged to talk to him about his people in the midst of their great trial. Because I will say, as a Christian man, the idea of people suffering that I can see, touch, know, and I'm not asking how I can help shoulder their burden, haunts me. So to celebrate the Uyghur on this anniversary date with the Prime Minister of East Turkestan and to share him with you is a great privilege. So on with the interview, Prime Minister Hidayah, on the beauty of the Uyghur people, the 
Jason Jones Show. Aloha, Prime Minister Hudaya. Welcome to the show. Aloha, Jason. Good to be back. So today is a sorrowful uh, commemoration. It's it's the 71st anniversary of the Chinese invasion of East Turkestan. I'd like you to give us a little bit of that history, but what I really want to do after we get the history of the invasion and the occupation and the genocide, and, and our audience knows more about this than probably any audience in the world, thanks to you. Um, but what I really want to do is just celebrate the Uyghur people today. Um, but can we go back to 1949, December 22nd? Can you tell us what happened? Yes. Um, today is a special day of national mourning for East Turkestan and its people. Um, in fact, every day is the day of mourning for us, given the present circumstances and the genocide um, that our people are facing. Um, however, following the assassination of the top 30 leaders of the former East Turkestan Republic, the People's Liberation Army invaded East Turkestan and overthrew the independent East Turkestan Republic on December 22nd, 1949. Um, that is the day that we officially lost our independence. That is the day that we were no longer able to uh, use our flag. Our flag was banned, even saying the term East Turkestan was banned. Since, um, you know, uh, that day, China, seeing the existence of Uyghurs, Kazakhs, Kyrgyz, Uzbeks, Tatar, and other peoples of East Turkestan as a threat to itself, uh, it started its campaign of colonization, genocide, and occupation um, which continues to this day. Um, since that day, China has fabricated all sorts of lies to justify its brutal campaign of uh, colonization, occupation, and genocide. They killed our leaders, our intellectuals, uh, religious scholars, patriotic men and women, and people of all walks of life by labeling them as pan-Turkists, right-wing nationalists, capitalists, pan-Islamist extremists, foreign agents, and more recently following uh, the September 11th attacks in 2001 as terrorists. And beyond that, the, the Chinese, the CCP refuses to acknowledge, I just learned this today as I was doing some research for the show, they refuse to acknowledge that the Uyghur are even an indigenous people to East Turkestan. Can, yes. Can you expl- uh, can you explain that? That's bizarre. Yes, the Chinese um, they claim that you know their official narrative is despite the fact that they renamed East Turkestan to Xinjiang, which in the Chinese language means the new territory. They claim that uh, East Turkestan is a part of China since ancient times, um, due to the fact that you know two thousand years ago uh, during the ancient Silk Road, they had established, you know, a, uh, a military outpost near the borders of East Turkestan um, and were launching operations to, you know, try to take over parts of East Turkestan and, and hadn't succeeded. It was for like a seven-decade period that time, but they never succeeded. They launched 10 
campaigns and after seven decades they, they gave up and they're like all right let's go back um so this is what it's been justifying and the people of east turkestan uh over the thousands of years you know um the Uyghurs are actually a hybrid people um in east turkestan you will find some Uyghurs uh, in the south that are more european or uh middle eastern looking whereas if you go further east in east turkestan near you know um uh, near the borders of china uh you will find uh that we're more asiatic looking um that's because east turkestan is a, was a melting pot uh during that time and it was uh yeah about 2500 years ago according to um genetic research anywhere from 21 to 2900 years ago the the indigenous population at that time were indo-european people uh they intermixed with the turkic tribes um and created you know what you know what later became the uyghurs and some turkic tribes originate you know uh from like in the areas of northern east turkestan bordering mongolia so china doesn't you know it refute it said it claims that uyghurs aren't indigenous saying that uyghurs you know came from mongolia but that is far from the truth Yeah, what's amazing about the 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 Uyghur is how ethnically diverse as a community they look. I mean, there are Uyghurs to me that look Caucasian. Right? I mean, that, that if you look at them, I and they they could tell me they're from Switzerland or Germany, I'd believe it. So so it's been a melting pot for a very long time. Yes. Um and the like the researchers found this is from a genetic research from 2018 they studied about a thousand we were from all parts of East Turkestan and you know took their DNA samples and tried to you know figure out why everybody was so diverse and they found that on average in the south in southern East Turkestan or the Tarım basin they found out about 65% of the average thousand people you know that they found from there they did thousand people from the south and a thousand from the north they found that the thousand in the south on average they had uh 65% uh you know european or caucasian dna um versus you know about 30 something percent um uh asian you know east asian D- dna in the north uh, it was about you know uh 40% um 45% you know in uh caucasian dna in the northeast and uh, about you know roughly about um 55 to 60% uh east asian dna so you know in my family we uh my wife is actually han chinese and i'm scandinavian and english and and, and german a little german and uh i love we love to with our children as we study history we homeschool we love to tell the history of our people you know i love we love i love to um My children now are studying the history of um Great Britain and the Anglo-American political community. And uh I think every people should love I mean I my son my 7-year-old said this once because me and my wife we go back and forth teasing each other who's greater the English or the Chinese and we're teasing each other obviously and my 7-year-old said you know I would be proud whatever I am every culture is great. Now this was my 7-year-old. And uh 
So tell us about the greatness of the Uyghur people. There, you know, what, what's the story? Give us some stories from Uyghur culture that the Chinese, because the CCP is waging a war of genocide and also cultural genocide. They're trying to homogenize the Uyghur people to erase from them any memory of their own culture. And the CCP has done this to the Chinese with the Cultural Revolution, right? I mean, they're they're destroying, they're a culture-destroying machine, the CCP, as are the neoliberal partners of the CCP. Tell us some of the pillars of your culture that we have to remember. So we were, um, are, uh, you know, a peace-loving people uh, for the, um, for, you know, going back to ancient times, we, we were people, you know, we've accepted all forms of religions. Originally, you know, we started off as shamans, then we accepted Zoroastrianism, then um, for a couple hundred years, we were Nestorian Christians, we were Buddhists, and then, you know, uh, in the 10th century, you had Islam come into uh, East Turkestan, and it wasn't until about the 17th century that Islam became the most dominant uh, religion in East Turkestan. Um, so all of our cultural aspects, it's a mix. Um, so uh, the, the, like the Islam in East Turkestan, it's not, as, it's not like the, uh, the Islam that you find in the Middle East. Uh, people in East Turkestan, they're more tolerant of you know, other religions, other cultures, because again, we had different, you know, cultures and influences coming and going, you know, over the, uh, uh, the millennia. But one of the, I would say, one of the most um, unique thing about Uyghurs is the dopa, the hat. We, we have, uh, you know, a, a, it's like a skull cap, you could say. It's round, but square, it's round, but square looking. Um, and this is worn by both men and women. And each uh, town uh, has their own unique, you know, designs. You know, each, like you can look at someone's dopa and tell which town in East Turkestan they are from because they have unique patterns to describe those uh, certain towns. And each town also has their own unique, um, you know, uh, set of music, um, you know, uh, culture in a way. Um, Things that, you know, like, for example, like even like accents, we don't, I don't want to even have to go into that, but even like an accent, like Oklahoma accent versus, you know, uh, New York accent type of things are, 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 are some of the things that, you know, um, are existent to this day in East Turkestan. So the, the, um, what you're saying is that we, you, know, you have the CCP trying to homogenize the Uyghur, but the Uyghur themselves are not homogenized, that they're extremely diverse as a people. Yeah. And this is because they kind of lived on oases, right, in the middle of deserts with uh, very rough terrain between each other. So they were able to yeah. sort of um, really grow very unique, distinct cultures, even though they're a community in these sort of oasis towns. They had a very distinct culture. In, in, many, in many ways, I mean, uh, the, there, there are a lot, like, there are a lot of cultural similarities. I mean, it's the same culture, but there's also, you know, significant differences that you will find as you go from one town to the next. Um, even like, uh, 
facial uh, feature differences and so forth, or in, in the ancient times, you know, in not ancient, so ancient times, but a couple hundred years ago, uh, there was even the like a largely re- like religious difference as well. Like one community might be you know predominantly Buddhist in one town, whereas in another town you might find Christians. In another town you might find you know um, shamanists and and uh, Muslims. But now it's uh, mostly uh, uh, Muslims after really the 17th century. So what are the some heroes? So you know in the Anglo-American community. We have like William the Conqueror, the Battle of Hastings, George Washington. What would be, you know, uh, a story or a hero that would be universally adored uh, by the Uyghur? And then I want to get to bring up Mulan, which I don't know if you've seen it, so, but it's really despicable. Um, but if, if if there's a hero that like, everyone would know, sort of a cultural icon or hero. Awesome. Um in fact, this is not just the Uyghurs, but all Turkic peoples. We look up to uh, Oğuz Khan as the uh, as our you know father of of our nation or of the Turkic peoples, and he's a, a figure that you know lived several thousands of years ago, um, and like the symbol of like the national animal for East Turkestan and much of Central Asia is like. Um, uh, uh, as a wolf and so it's like Oskan he you know he was saved by like when he was a baby he was saved by um, a she-wolf it's much like uh, uh, Ro- Rom or Ra- uh, Romulus. Romulus and Remus that's yeah that's interesting Remus, yeah. so this yeah, story uh-huh. of Oskan is now is it like Romulus and Remus where it's it's mythology maybe grounded in some sort of history or is this was he uh, uh, you know, re, you know, so Romulus it, and Remus is myth. So, in in, in our aspect, um, it it might be a mix of both, um, because there's not real, um, there's not a real, you know, historical records of Oz Khan that we could find. Um, however, you know, the stories have been passed down from generation to generation. And even like, and if you look at historical records of, you know, like the Turkic Khaganate, uh, the Kukter Khaganate, um, or the Kukturk Empire, I mean, their, their banner, you know, their, the imperial banner was a, a blue flag with a, a wolf, wolf head. I like that. Now, in your dopa that you wear, uh, it has this symbol that almost looks like a child in the womb. Uh, what is that symbol on the dopa that you wear? So it is. It is. Uh, it is actually uh, a fetus. Um, this is because uh, we wars, um, You know, we value life, and um, the fetus is essentially, you know, life in its first form. You know, I've been working with you for a long time before I found that out. And when you shared that with me, I thought, this is how God works. This is how you and I have become connected. Now, how how old is is that the symbol of your village? Is it more of a national symbol? Where, so this one, the one the one that I wear, it's generic. It's regardless of which whichever town you go to, it's like the uh, generic one that um, for that's like the unifying symbol of our of our people of our nation. Um, the one in my town, you know, it, it's actually green with a, 
uh, like flowers on it. So that's a different one. But I, since I represent, you know, all the people of East Turkestan, um, and not, I don't like, I don't have like that local, local, localism ideology within me. Um, I chose to wear this one. Now we have the same thing in the United States. You know, it's just, it's football hats, NFL hats. Like if I see a guy wearing a Packers hat, I know where he's from, right? Or a Phillies hat. And, uh, you get, but the dopa goes back, you know, much longer, obviously, than the history of the NFL. The last thing I want to ask you about is food. You know, when I go back to Chicago, I left at 17. The first thing I get is a Chicago hot dog, Jay's potato chips, and RC Cola. Uh, what, you know, what, if you're Uyghur and you go back home, well, what would be sort of a dish that everyone couldn't wait to get? So we have lachman, which is like uh, handmade noodles with uh, vegetables and um, beef. It's really delicious with a lot of sauce. Uh, this is something that everyone loves, regardless of which part of East Turkestan they come from. Another thing, you know, as far as like a cold drink, we have something called dolk. Um, it's pretty much like yogurt. It's a yogurt mixed drink, uh, served with ice. And so this is something that everybody in East Turkestan enjoys. And then there's also, also kebabs. Um, we love kebabs. Any part of East Turkestan you go to, you usually, you know, under the current circumstances, uh, we're not quite sure how the situation is on that, but before everywhere you, you would find you know kebab uh people selling kebabs in the streets and it, it was just a, a great great thing you know one of my uh favorite parables is the story of the blind man at the gate of jerusalem have you ever heard of this story i believe i have but please do so share it's, it uh, once more. there's this blind man that's sitting at the eye of the needle at the gate to jerusalem and uh he sits there and gives people entrance. But before they, he lets them in, he asks them, tell me about where you're from. So one gentleman, the first gentleman comes up and he, he, you know, he, he asks for entrance. He says, well, before I, I let you in, you have to tell me about the people in the place that you're from. And he says, what, you know, and the, and the first guy says, oh, where I'm from, the people are nasty, they're awful, they're horrible, they're greedy, they're selfish. Uh, what are they like here? And um, the blind man says, You'll find them just the same. The next guy comes up and uh, the, the blind man says, you know, you have to tell me about the people uh, where you're from before I let you in. And he said, oh, where I'm from, they're the most beautiful people in the world. They're kind, they're loving, they're generous. They're, they're the best people in the world. And uh, what are they like here? And the blind man says, you'll find them just the same. And I love that parable because it really, how we see our people is how we see our the human family, but but specifically, if I were to ask you, tell me about the Uyghur um, as we end the show. What would you say? They're very hospitable people, um, and very kind and warm-hearted. And this is also, uh, you know, a bad thing. And the re- like, it's not a bad thing, but it it this is how you know China was able to you know invade and occupy East Turkestan because, you know, initially they sent, you know, uh, an initial force of refugees who were fleeing persecution. So we opened up our doors, but it later turned out that they were Trojan horses. And 
even to this day, you know, our people are very um, kind of warm-hearted in a way naive. And so it, this is our, ultimately that's what caused our downfall. You know, it's sort of geography has so much to do with culture. If you think of the poles, uh, I don't know how familiar you are with the Nuba in Sudan, that they're they're Muslim but and Christian and, and animist, but they've been impo- but Muslim predominantly. They've been really impossible to radicalize. Their very their, their their virtue has sort of almost their virtue is almost was produced by where they are in the world, but at the same time, it's been you know, a cause of uh, a much sorrow uh, because of the abuse that they suffer from their neighbors. And, you know, there are certain cultures that have just been stuck right behind, in between colliding empires. And that's formed them, and that's sort of been the fate of the Uyghur. Yes, especially if you look at the the, eight, the 19th century, I mean, there was um, something called the Great Game or the Conquest of Central Asia where competing powers, um, the British Empire, the Russian Empire, and the Chinese Empire were all trying to, you know, expand their boundaries and to conquer uh, Central Asia. Well, uh, Prime Minister, I know that is a busy day for you. I thank you for coming on the show. You know, December 22nd, 1949 is a day that will live in infamy, and I just wanted to, to give our show to you uh, today to talk about the Uyghur. We've talked a lot about the crimes, the, the ethnic cleansing, the harvesting of organs, the forced marriages, the deportations, uh, the forced labor, partnering with our corporations like Nike, Costco, Coca-Cola, and Apple. Am I forgetting anything? Uh, no, I mean, there, there's plenty of others, but I think you, you've hit the main ones that have been lobbying against, um, you know, bills that we have been trying to get passed to push back against the forced labor. Well, yeah, how is that going in the Senate right now? Where are we at? Uh, the Senate still, it's still, you know, sitting there. Um, they haven't, you know, had any new hearings on on this bill, so we're not quite sure what's going to happen i mean like apple um coca-cola and costco and others i mean they spent millions lobbying against uh against this bill so we're quite unsure what's to come out of it um we're concerned that if this continues to wait we're a bit concerned that the upcoming administration you know if it's not passed quickly the upcoming administration might not even you know uh, it might not even get past then. Well, no, we're going to make sure, uh, Prime Minister, that we work very hard in 2021 to make sure, you know, to me, it's step by step. We can only do what we can do. And the only way I can influence the CCP is by influencing the church. And that's by shaming bishops and our Pope to speak out. And finally, Pope Francis has said something. I don't know if you heard, heard but he, he finally mentioned the crimes of the CCP against the Uyghur in a very uh, gentle way, not a very forceful way, but in a very gentle way. Uh, I wish he would chastise the CCP the way he's chastised Catholics for believing in openness to life and marriage. Um, But he has gently mentioned it. And we're going to, I can promise you this show and my friends, 
We will force the USCCB and celebrity bishops like Bishop Aaron to use their mouth and to speak up. And we will get the Uyghur Forced Labor Prevention Act into law in 2021. That's something we have to do. Because if we can't do that, then we can't get those camps closed, right? I mean, there's just no way. So this is something we have to do, and we, we, we're we going to give you our full support. Thank you. God bless you, Jason. All right. Thank you very much, sir. God bless. Have a good day. You as well. Thank you. God bless. All right. So I wanted to use today's show. You know, we when, we, when you think of Uyghur, either you think, huh? You'd never even heard of it. If this is the first time, if this is the first Jason Jones show you've listened to, or you've never heard of the Uyghur before, when you hear millions of people, three million according to the Department of Defense, in concentration camps, forced labor, organ harvesting, biometric uh, tracking of the entire population, rape, forced abortions, you'd say, come on. Not the CCP. You'd think we're crazy. So either you, when you hear Uyghur, you go, huh? Or you go, genocide, organ harvesting, slave labor. But I wanted to today, on the anniversary, the 71st anniversary of the occupation of East Turkestan, 71 years of increased ethnic cleansing, and under Ping, now Xi Jinping, we have uh, genocide, right? So I didn't want to talk about crimes today. I wanted to talk about who the Uyghur people are. Maybe that's what we should do in 2021 is celebrate the Uyghur, make it the year of the Uyghur because they are being ethnically cleansed and their culture is being destroyed. So let's take the stumbling block and make it a stepping stone. Let's get the Uyghur Slave Labor Prevention Act in signed into law regardless of who's president. And this must be something all Americans of goodwill would agree with. We shouldn't have our products that we bring into our homes, that our children touch, should not have been made by slave labor. How about that? How about that? What do you think the fruit is for our children and grandchildren of having in our homes products made by slaves? What do you think the fruit is? will be for our children and grandchildren of profiting off of forced labor. We don't want that. So we're going to get the Uyghur Slave Labor Prevention Act signed into law. We're going to turn Coca-Cola, Apple, Nike, and Costco from enemies to friends. We're going to, we're going to force their hand. We're going to put so much pressure on them that they're going to go from being partners with the CCP to being adversaries of the CCP as long as the CCP has campaigns of slavery and ethnic cleansing. That's our goal for 2021. By our goal, I mean the Jason Jones Show, but I'm going to wrap it up, which is sponsored by the Vulnerable People Project. The mission of the Vulnerable People Project is to advance the interest of the vulnerable from the child in the womb in Glencoe, Illinois, to the Yazidi girl on Mount Sinjar, to the Uyghur in forced labor camps in China. 
trafficked across China and forced to work for American companies, slaves, we exist to advance their interests. And we're pretty good at it. We punch way above our weight. I can promise you that. By the way, you should become a monthly supporter of the Vulnerable People Project. When you do that, you can be confident that you are knitting your life in solidarity together with the most vulnerable people in the world. Do that. Become a monthly donor. If it's $5 a month, I just want you to be knitted together with Prime Minister Hedaya, with my Yazidi friends and Christian friends in Iraq, with the Kurds in Syria and Iraq, with the child in the womb. Go to thegreatcampaign.org and you'll see all the ways we do it. Uh, and another one of our sister programs that also sponsors this show is Movie to Movement. And at Movie to Movement, we punch way above our weight, way above our weight. Uh, go to movietomovement.com and check out our newest movie, Divided Hearts of America, starring Benjamin Watson. And it's still streaming at Salem Now. So you can go to movietomovement.com and you can click through to pay-per-view right there. And you can watch our latest movie with Benjamin Watson it looks at the divisions in America caused by the great denials of human dignity, slavery, segregation, and abortion. Ben Carson's in the film. Alveda King is in the film. Katrina Jackson is in the film. I'm in the film, and the host is Benjamin Watson. Now, now as an example of how we punch above our weight, with our movie, not only did we have billboards in America, major American cities, with the message of the film that you're made in the image of God and have an incomparable dignity that the declaration principle is what will unite us living up to it, respecting the incomparable dignity of the human person. Um, billboards, our earned media campaign. We were in the Hollywood reporter, drudge report, Fox news, all the big Fox shows time and time again, uh, countless, countless, countless newspaper articles uh, talking about life, with our hero, Benjamin Watson, as the messenger. Uh, you know, uh, about half a million dollars in radio ads. Promoting a culture of life. That's what we do at movietomovement.com. We promote the incomparable beauty of the human person through the power of film. Go to movietomovement.com and become a supporter of movietomovement.com. They're both the same. They're, they're two programs of the same organization, Hero. So when you become a monthly donor of the Vulnerable People Project... What you're doing is you're supporting our direct work to advance the interests of the vulnerable through white papers, sample legislation, this program, media campaigns, other efforts that we work to influence people in power, not just in Washington, but in Hollywood as well. Then when you support Movie to Movement, you're supporting directly our work to produce and promote movies that tell the truth about the beauty of the human person. This show is also being brought to you by My Pillow. And I have to tell you that I don't have any my pillows in this house because my son and my daughter-in-law took my pillows. So we ordered some two days ago using the code Jones. Go to mypillow.com, use the code Jones, and you get the world's best pillow. It keeps its shape. It doesn't get hot so you're not flipping it back and forth. You can wash it. You can dry it. It's the best pillow, but it is only the beginning of the greatness that you will find at MyPillow.com. 
My favorite is the mattress topper, which sits on top of my mattress that cost $5,000. And as my wife reminds me, we could have bought any old mattress and just put the MyPillow mattress topper on there. Yeah, we could have, but we, we didn't know. And then there's the Giza Dream Sheets. Now, in full disclosure, you know when you hear those pharmaceutical ads, you know, they tell you how great the medicine is, then they got to tell you the bad things. Here's the bad, there's some trouble that comes with the Giza Dream Sheets. I got to be honest. The trouble for me is my seven-year-old crawls in my bed every night because he wants the Giza Dream Sheets. This is true. He, he wants the Giza Dream Sheet. So what does that mean for me? It means I got a seven-year-old's foot in my face. So if you have a seven-year-old, I'm not telling you not to buy the Giza Dream Sheets. You need to buy two sets. And you do it all at MyPillow.com. Go to the radio box. Click on there with the code Jones for your deep, discounts deep deep discounts and you always get the my pillow 60 day money back guarantee all right it's the la- it's holidays are here christmas is here you need to order these pillows right now for all the gifts you forgot it's the best christmas gift ever all right today tell somebody about the Uyghur. spend some time Go on YouTube. There are some amazing documentaries on the Uyghur. Today, we will celebrate these beautiful people. If I were to ask you, tell me about your neighborhood. Tell me about where you're from. What are those people like? Think about your answer. Because that's how you will find the other peoples of the world. And I can tell you, my people, my tribe, where I grew up, they're cool. I love my tribe. And, and my adopted home where I moved to 17, Hawaii, people say, you miss Hawaii because of the beaches, oh, the sun. I get so mad when I hear that. No, I miss, I miss every, our culture, the culture of Hawaii, the culture of the neighborhood I grew up with is beautiful. But how you find where you're from, how you find your community, that's how you find the other peoples of the world. So find the greatness in your family, your friends, and your neighbor And in seeing their greatness, you will see what a beautiful world we live in. And today, let's celebrate the Uyghur, a beautiful, beautiful people. Until next time, it's the Mad Ramblings with Jason Jones on The Jason Jones Show. This has been The Jason Jones Show, powered by Mudhouse Media.